Welcome to Thriller Premium. Welcome to Thriller Premium. Gathering all the information you would need to stay ahead of the curve on your crypto investments. Welcome to Thriller Rundown. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Thriller Rundown. Today is January 5th, 2021, and we are talking Bitcoin going to 146K by end of year, according to JP Morgan. <laughs> That's right. The same JP Morgan that said Bitcoin was a fraud. Let's jump into it. Top of the rundown. Sorry right now. The Rundown. So you might remember a few, uh, you know, years ago, <laughs> uh, let's say 2018, JP Morgan came out and said, you know, Bitcoin was a fraud. Uh, Jamie Dimon came out and said, you know, my daughter loves Bitcoin, but, you know, I don't trust it. Uh, good for her. <laughs> Let her spend her money on Bitcoin. He did the whole thing. They even came out with their own cryptocurrency, uh, more like a database currency. <laughs> They did all sorts of things. They they tried to bash it. They believed in blockchain, not crypto. Blockchain, not Bitcoin. And to, and to everybody's chagrin, they came out today because Bitcoin is going through, it's, it's hitting all-time highs. And um, everybody knows uh, that Bitcoin is going to be reaching uh, 100K at least this year, right? At least. And of course, they don't want to look like dumbasses. <laughs> I mean, I mean, they're they're a big deal in the financial space, right? They can't look like idiots. So uh, they came out today with a research note to their clients, and an analyst at J.P. Morgan Chase predicted a long-term Bitcoin price target of more than one hundred and forty-six thousand dollars, based on the assumption that the cryptocurrency will grow in popularity as an alternative to gold. <laughs> he's taking the safe bet, you know, and he's also saying it's because of inflation and a volatility hedge, as well as protection against a failing U.S. dollar. Uh, this is coming from Nicholas Panagaretsagalu. He's a strategist for J.P. Morgan Chase. He said, a crowding out of gold as an alternative currency implies big upside for Bitcoin over the long term, a convergence in volatilities between Bitcoin and gold is unlikely to happen quickly. And this is in our mind, a multi-year process. He also says this implies that the above 146K theoretical Bitcoin price target should be considered as a long-term target and thus an unsustainable price target for this year. So, even with them projecting 146K, they have certain caveats in place. They really don't want Bitcoin to succeed. You have to think about it, ladies and gentlemen. We've talked about this for a very long time. You know, a lot of these, a lot of these big financial conglomerates hold the vast majority of, of their wealth in, in cash, right? Um, 
And this is why you have the global financial giants like BlackRock and these global investment funds all for Bitcoin because they have their baskets all over the place, all across the world, right? This is why you have BlackRock, uh, Fidelity, uh, and, and other conglomerates like that. So it's it's no wonder, you know, why JP Morgan's jumping on board. They don't want to look like idiots, right, in front of their their clients, right? They have to they have to release something. It's not going to be it's not going to be Jamie Dimon. He can't he can't look like an idiot, right? He can't backtrack. But at the same time, they don't want to um, bet too long on Bitcoin because at the end of the day, this is. Uh, this is going to hurt them in the long run. <laughs> it truly is. You know, I, I think I think most people in this space, yourself included, I would say, knows more about where the price of Bitcoin is going than, than they do. This is the first asset in human history where we know more than they do. We know where Bitcoin's going. We know exactly what Bitcoin's worth. We know that it's a self-fulfilling prophecy at, after a certain point. You see it time and time again. Bitcoin does its thing and you're just like kind of left wondering like, wow, did it just do that again? And then sure enough, it, it just does. Right. So this is this is not a surprise. And currently right now, if you look at Bitcoin and, and its trajectory, you know, I'll, I'll put a chart here in the show notes, but we're right on target for 100K at, at the very least. Right. Um, you know, I haven't, haven't made a projection yet this year, but I, you know, I, I want to, but I haven't, haven't came out and said what my projection is. Probably we'll say that here before the end of the month, but I, I think somewhere between hundred and 125 K is a conservative bet, right? You have some people like, uh, like max, uh, going as high as $222,000 per Bitcoin, uh, you have somebody like Willie Wu also saying it's going to be upwards in the two hundred thousand dollar range. Um, you have other people like uh, Trading Shot, who sees Bitcoin getting at hundred k by December twentieth. Um, you even have some people <laughs> who are who are really big bulls saying that we're going to get to hundred k, you know, by May. And the way Bitcoin is ripping right now. You know, it's quite possible we get to 40K by the end of the week <laughs> and we're at 50K by February. Um, it's, it, it, you know, quite frankly, it's nuts. And, you know, what was interesting, we were actually headed downwards. If you looked at yesterday and, and, and the day before, Bitcoin was actually headed downwards. We, we were actually, we had, we had peaked, we had flash crash to 28K. And then we went up to 31 and then we were teeter tottering on 30 K and then this news came out. Right. And then the news that we're going to be talking about here in five good minutes also came out and then Bitcoin shot back up <laughs> and then Ethereum did a thing. And now we're right back at 34 K looking at uh, 35 possibly passing uh, and then looking at 40 uh, possibly 45. So this is how quick Bitcoin can turn. And, and quite frankly, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is this is crazy. <laughs> I'm, this is unlike anything we have seen before in Bitcoin's history. Um, Bitcoin doesn't usually do this uh, so early in the year. Uh, it, it, it tends to kind of temper itself here in January and uh, kind of regroup 
and then take off in, in late February, early March. Uh, this is a new thing. <laughs> Hopefully it's a sign of good things to come, right? Hopefully this is the way Bitcoin always does going forward. I mean, we'll see. Maybe this is the way it is for the next 10 years, right? Um, but we're, we're watching it every day. But right now, um, I'll put a chart here in the show notes, but it does look like we are head, headed for upper highs. Uh, me personally, I'm still waiting on the sidelines. I'm I'm not not in a rush to buy. Like I said, I've been buying Bitcoin for the past three, four, five years at this point, dollar cost averaging. And at this point, I'm still dollar cost averaging. I just have a, a load of liquidity ready to enter in, but I want to enter in at the right price. I'm not going to enter in just to say I'm in. I want to want every bang for my fiat fake dollar. <laughs> so uh, I'm waiting, waiting, and that's okay. I'll continue to wait. But uh, I'll let you know as soon as I do jump in. Uh, right now, if it gets a 40, 45K, I'm happy. I'm extremely excited. That's a great thing. With that, let's get into yeah, five good minutes. All right, it's time for five good minutes. And uh, today we're actually going to be talking about stable coins. <laughs> I know you're probably wondering, like, oh, this is not going to be a good five good minutes. But I'm going to tell you why it exactly is going to be a good five good minutes here. So Brian Brooks, our favorite guy at the uh, Comptroller of the Currency, this guy's just been knocking things out of the park. He's actually getting in trouble now because he's not he's not focused on the things that uh, Congress and the uh, House want him to focus on. And so I think they're trying to kick him out. Any, anyways, he's doing the Bitcoin and the crypto space. Uh, he's doing their work right now. Quite frankly, that's you can tell that's what he's 100 percent focused on. So in a statement that got released on, I believe it was Monday, he said that nations have built real time payment systems. The U.S., has relied on the private sector to create such technologies. He's talking about stablecoins. Now, he's endorsing the use of cryptocurrencies, specifically stablecoins, as an alternative to other real-time payment systems. Now, what does this mean? This means that as of, <laughs> as of uh, this letter, U.S. federal regu regulated banks can conduct payments using stable coins and depending on how far you want to go down this rabbit hole to understand this interpretation coming from the uh comptroller um in in layman's terms banks now that are federally regulated can use stable coins and yes brooks has overseen the publication of two other letters and we know how friendly they were with, with crypto. And now with this letter, this is going to really push forward uh, this whole stablecoin sector. Now, for the longest time, I would say since early 2017, we knew stablecoins was going to be a thing. We knew stablecoins would be a thing. We just didn't know how it was going to come about. 
everybody was kind of expecting the Fed, the Fed were going to create some kind of Fed coin. I think at this point, I think we're starting to realize that I don't think that's going to happen. I think what's going to happen now is we're just going to see these stable coins come out and they're going to be USDC. They're going to be, you know, maybe a Wells Fargo coin, maybe a Bank of America coin, maybe whatever the hell these banks want to want to all jump on. Right. Uh, Maybe there will be some kind of government coin or something like that uh, at some point. But how you know how bullish this is? This is so bullish for Ethereum. Now, almost all these stable coins are either using Algorand, Ethereum, or Stellar at this point. Now, it was also announced on Monday that Russia is going to be utilizing the Stellar platform for their own kind of quote unquote stable coin issuance. Yeah, they're going to be using the Stellar protocol, which is crazy. Uh, Russia. <laughs> So now, ladies and gentlemen, we have a race here. We have a race of competing stable coins. And now, like I said, the world will be filled with these, right? And you're going to be able to swap them for whatever you want. And that's all well and good. And protocols are going to win at the end of the day. And it looks like Stellar is going to be involved in some in some sort with Russia. It looks like you're going to have Ethereum going to be involved in in all sorts here in the United States and possibly the EU and, and other places. We also know that Stellar is going to be involved with what's going on in Africa, um, possibly Cardano. We haven't heard anything yet either from Cardano, but we do know Algorand has some uh, a USD stable coin on their platform as well too. And who knows wherever it goes. This is bullish for Ethereum because the vast majority of stable coins live on Ethereum, Right. And the vast majority of people out there who are developing these stable coins are developing them on Ethereum. So with all that being said, Ethereum futures launch here on February 8th. This is this right now that what people aren't talking about in the space are the well, people are talking about the Ethereum futures, but I think people are barely coming around to that. That's going to light up Ethereum to, to, to well past its all time previous high of fourteen hundred dollars. This right here is, you know, the kind of thing that most people don't see who don't pay attention to the space. This is so bullish for Ethereum. This basically gives Ethereum another peg on its on its uh, on its chair <laughs> of things that are going to hold it up. Um, it's this. It's stable coins are going to hold up Ethereum. It's DeFi. And, and, and it's Ethereum, the protocol, the smart contracting platform itself. Probably needs one more one more leg there, right? We don't know what that's going to be. But right now, maybe a commodity, maybe speculation, maybe that's the, the leg that we're looking at. But right now, three out of four of those legs are already solidified right now with, with this. This is big news, really big news. And quite frankly, I, I imagine once people start realizing that most stable coins are on Ethereum... And that this is bullish for Ethereum long term, people are going to start um, <laughs> uh, start investing in Ethereum, and you're already kind of seeing it now. You're starting to see people buy it, buy it up. And um, quite frankly, personally, you, you, you all know I hold Ethereum uh, as well too with Bitcoin. I do see, and I will say this for people that are just holding Bitcoin alone, all roads lead back to Bitcoin. So in this world where you have stable coins. The hardest currency out there is Bitcoin. 
This is Bitcoin's playground. All these stable coins, Ethereum, all these cryptocurrencies, Stellar, everything's competing on Bitcoin's playground. You know, Bitcoin owns this whole market. This is why Bitcoin is such a big deal. This is why it's worth so much. It's because it's the reserve currency of digital, of digital currencies. You know, people aren't realizing that yet. They'll start realizing that here pretty soon, right? And all of this is just increasing the price of Bitcoin. Because when people, people, when people look to exit out or when people look to swap, they're going to swap for Bitcoin because it's going to, it's going to store its value over time. And, and like I said, this is a very big deal for, for Ethereum as well, too. And um, yeah, I couldn't believe it when I saw it. I was just like, wow, freaking Brian Brooks is just <laughs> doing whatever he can before the 20th of January to make sure <laughs> he, he, he gets. Uh, and that's, you know, you know, he was nominated twice by President Trump. But, you know, there's no telling if he's going to keep his his placement here. Uh, you know, once Biden takes office on the 20th. So all this could could change as far as nomination. Okay, with that, let's get into the hard truth. The hard truth. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. Truth. So there's so much bullish news uh, for for Bitcoin coming out right now. Like I'm I'm talking about like it's all over the place, right? The fact that J.P. Morgan is coming out with its news today. Um, you also have you know just regular <laughs> like like stock market and even that guy freaking what's his name Tommy Tommy Jones or I forget his Tommy Lee or whatever his name is. Uh, Thomas Lee, yeah, even that quack even is around talking about Bitcoin now. Um, so there's so much people coming out saying good things about Bitcoin on the news. Everybody's calling me at this point. Like, seriously, during the day, my phone is ringing off the hook and it's from all, all sorts of people, uh, family members, um, you know, friends asking me about Bitcoin, asking about my podcast, asking about how we, you know, it's all sorts of things. And I'm sure y'all are getting all of this, too. Uh, we've reached uh, peak FOMO here uh, in such a short time. And I think it's because of us getting to 35K uh, or 34K here, such a quick span here in the past 10 days. Um, with all that going on, we also have Bitcoin fighting regulators, right? So we've, we reached a comment period here recently because there was a proposed set of rules that I had talked about last week that were, were the U.S. Treasury Department in December basically was trying to spearhead this kind of rule change for, from FinCEN and basically would see exchanges implement KYC requirements for transactions sent to unhosted wallets addresses and, and anything that existed outside the centralized or custodial setting. Uh, and this was literally for anything that received more than $3,000, which is just BS in my opinion. Um, and they were all trying to do this surveillance, uh, centralized surveillance at that um, uh, under the heading of, of reducing financial malfeasance and criminal enforcement, which, which is a bunch of BS again, because if they don't realize JP Morgan has already been, caught five times, <laughs> you know, doing exactly this and they, nothing's happened to them. Right. Uh, so even by doing something centralized as, as what JP Morgan's doing, they're still not catching them. So this tells you that none of that stuff works anyway. 
Okay, with all that being said, um, there was so many comments, close to 6,000 comments were filed with FinCEN within this narrow window. Um, the reporting period has been has been extended till January 7th, which is um, this Thursday. So the process itself is, is still ongoing. Um, we also have Jake Chervinsky. He's probably the, the crypto lawyer that you see everywhere talking about this. He says that FinCEN public comments that I've seen today, it's seriously crazy, you guys. He says, there are so many of them. They're so detailed. They make such good arguments. There are so many of them, he says in capitalized letters. No way FinCEN can legitimately work through all of this before January 20th. No way. And people asking him, what do you mean January 20th? Like, what is that? Uh, and then basically he says that that's when they have to respond um, in writing on by January 20th. Uh, so at that point, if, uh, if, if once they respond and if they don't, um, if they don't uh, significantly issue, uh, you know, uh, significantly uh, please uh, the issues raised in these comments, uh, then it's going to be hard for them to justify uh, any of this moving forward or, or moving on with uh, these changes moving forward. And then at that point, uh, there's pretense for a for court uh, and, 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 and possibly going, you know, going and, and, and you know, getting sued uh, by all of these companies um, jointly. Right. Uh, so this is still ongoing. This looks like to me that it's going to be an ongoing kind of thing throughout the year. Um, we'll, I'm going to keep watching this on, on the seventh. I'll definitely tweet about it. Uh, I tweeted about it with uh, I retweeted Jake today just to kind of get a good idea of, of out there what was going out today. Um, so I guess the next date we need to watch here is on the seventh for this, and then on the on the twentieth uh, they have to respond. They have to respond by, and it's so crazy because we have all this like you know. Crazy things going on with uh, the whole presidential, you know, <laughs> kind of election still and all of that stuff. And then we have like the runoff elections and then we have like, you know, Bitcoin going up in price. And then we have all this regulatory stuff going on. Then we have the comptroller stuff going on. And it's just it, it's just making for a very much kind of like clusterfuck beginning of 2021 in a lot of ways for January. It's almost like it's leading up to this like bang here on January 20th. And um, quite frankly, ladies and gentlemen, I don't really know what's going to happen this month, but that's one of the main reasons why I'm kind of just waiting on the sidelines with, uh, with, with a lot of, um, with a lot of this, I'm just kind of wondering like what's going to shake out from this. Cause you, I really don't know. It's just it's been such a, a crazy year last year. And then kind of seeing what, what's spawning into this year, so much going on so early in the year that usually don't, doesn't start off like this. So we'll kind of see how this plays out. But right now, the hard truth is there's so much going on on both sides, bullish and bearish side of Bitcoin that it's kind of hard to call. And it's almost like a tug of war happening and one side's going to give and we'll just have to see what side that is. But it's something to keep an eye on and we'll definitely kind of watch it as this this kind of week goes on because what's feeling like um, days in the crypto and Bitcoin space uh, it, you know, can, can feel like weeks really fast. Right. Uh, so 
we're going to be up to date on this and we'll definitely release more information as we get it. But right now, just be aware of, you know, there's there's this kind of swing back and forth between bears and bulls and uh, on the regulatory side and on the bullish side of things. And you kind of see it today. (laughs) More bullish news getting piled on and tomorrow will probably be bearish news and the day after will be more bullish news. And that's kind of what we're seeing so far early this year, only on the fifth day of 2021. Crazy. I know it's crazy. So Bitcoin having to fight everybody, (laughs) including price, (laughs) just to uh, make these all time highs. But like I said, 40K is not in the realm of possibility. Uh, Who knows what's going to happen tomorrow, (laughs) right? Okay. Yeah. And I I just want to say, too, like one of the things that I've always, you know, kind of preached was, you know, just dollar cost averaging. Right. This is why you dollar cost average into Bitcoin over the long term. This is why you should be dollar cost averaging, you know, every week, every month. Right. Or whatever your schedule is. Um, You know, you never stop dollar cost averaging into Bitcoin because over the long term, it's still the safest play. Right. I will also say too, like in situations like this, it's kind of sometimes just best just to kind of wait to see what happens, especially with so much back and forth on both sides of, of, of either direction. Uh, right now, it feels exactly that. That's why I'm kind of like, hmm, there's so much going on. It's kind of hard to know what is the right direction. And even not just myself, but there's other people in the space kind of thinking the same thing too. Like, huh, is it going this way? Is it going that way? Right now, it's kind of hard to tell, right? Um, so me personally, I'm just kind of waiting for kind of see what this kind of plays out into. And I think as the month goes on, we'll kind of see a clearer picture. See you next time.